0: Okay, so I think we're gonna slowly start. Um, Thanks so much and uh, welcome to our our second panel today, uh, or today and of today's and tomorrow's 154 forum. Uh, I'm Julia and my colleague Yvette is there as well uh, with the founders and editors-in-chief of Contemporary End and Contemporary End America Latina. Um, Thanks so much uh, that you're here, ladies. Uh, the panel is fantastic, we're very honoured that you had the time to um, come in. I just hear a helicopter fly by, I hope it doesn't disturb you, so it should be gone in a second. Um, this panel will be recorded so um, people can watch, um, watch it later who you know can't attend now. So um, I hope this is all fine with you um, uh, for the next hour. Um, no, as I said, our great guest will be focusing on modes of resistance as the title of um, this panel, um, thinking about um, the role or maybe even the question of responsibility of contemporary art in our current moment, so why is it crucial or why maybe isn't it, and um, I want to, oh, I will introduce um, our moderator of um, this panel now, um, Raquel Villa Perez, um, and um, she will take over. From there then. So uh, Raquel Vilaperez is currently assistant curator at PhotoWorks. She's interested in post and decolonial discourses within contemporary art from global, from the global south, mainly from Africa, Latin America, and the diasporas, and how they navigate and resist the trends set by globalization. Her research also focuses on women's experiences and notions of transnational and intersectional feminisms and how these are presented in contemporary art. She has curated the exhibitions of contemporary African photography, Mohaw, Muria, Zakeng, Beyond the Liminal Space and Regarding Ourselves at the Brunei Gallery and Source University in London, uh, Mas Morena by Javier Hirschfeld at the Cambridge African Film Festival, the public program of migration traces in an art collection at Tensta Constal Inn, Stockholm and many others. So thanks so much and um, welcome again. Um, Thanks so much that you are all here on the panel. And I hand over to you, Rake.
1: Hi, thank you so much, everyone. Uh, thank you so much, Julia and Yvette, for inviting me. I'm really happy to be here with these amazing artists. Um, the structure of this panel is going to be um, a visual presentation uh, of the work of all three artists. And then we will engage with the title of the panel, which is Modes of Resistance. And then we will open it to questions uh, from the public. So. Let's start, um, I'm just gonna share my screen so you can see the artworks that the artists are gonna present to us. I'm gonna start with um, Rosana Paulino. Uh, Rosana was born in Sao Paulo. Her work has as a main theme, the investigation of black people and in particular black women in Brazilian society. She has participated in many art exhibitions in Brazil and abroad. She also has received several awards in Brazil for her art performance, especially scholarships to both academic studies and artistic creation. She was awarded the Ford Foundation International Fellowship 2016 to pursue a master's degree in visual arts at the University of Sao Paulo. She won a 2008 to 2011 scholarship from the Brazilian government to pursue a PhD degree in visual arts at the same university. And is also a former Rockefeller Center research at the Lager Center in Italy in 2014, sorry. So Rosanna, I'm just gonna start scrolling through the slides and you can just tell us more about the works.
2: Okay. Uh, Good morning, everybody. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Um, I spent 25 years of my life in this career and uh, um, discussing about the the role played by black people and especially female black people in Brazil. And so this one is one of the first work in, uh, in my career that's called The Wall of Memory. Um, where I discuss things uh, related to uh, Black families in Brazil. So we can see our 11 photos of my family uh, that put like um, normals, a lot, very large memory game, um, showing um, in this panel, I think that uh, 1,500 pieces. Let's go to the next. Uh, it's possible, Raquel, uh, This is um, another work that is very famous in my country. And uh, uh, entitled uh, the Mixed mixed media cloth. And uh, here I'm discussing um, about the invisibility of Black women in Brazil, and also I'm discussing about violence, and uh, institutional violence against this um, population. But I am discussing as well um, the lack of uh, power of these people of these um, uh, Black females, the lack of visibility um, of this group of population. We can go to the next. And also, I developing my uh, work with drawing. I use I usually work with different media. And I can um, use, for example, drawing or uh, sculpture or even video sometimes. I really think about what the work is needed to be really accessible. Uh, How can I make an idea very um, understandable for the people? So I can use a drawing, I can use um, clothing, I can use um, lot of different uh, materials to deal with the questions that I'm doing. I can we go to the next? Another example of drawing. Uh, and here, for example, there's an installation called the settlement is for 2030. This is the view, the general view of the installation. You can go to the next, please. Uh, detail for the installation when, uh, where we can see a video, for, for example, and then we can see an image of this black female. I was interested in, this, uh, in the arrival of this population in Brazil. And I was interested in the personal drama that these people uh, faced in the country. How is to be in Africa, for example, to be kidnapped, put in a ship and go to the another country. But I was interested not in the numbers because we know that uh, um, about five million of African people arrived only in Brazil. it's a lot of people. Uh, the Brazil uh, is the country that received the, the large um, population of black. We received the among. Some say five million of black people from Africa, and others say um, from five to eight million of people. It's too much people. But I was not interested in numbers. I was interested in the trauma. I was interested in the personal drama. How is to be in your country? Be kidnapped, be going, uh, put in a ship and go to the, another country. How can you make yourself a person again? in this condition. So for this, I use this kind of impression and sewing. And this kind of sewing, I would call it suture, not sewing only, because we are talking about a very violent process. It's a process like to be parts again, trying to uh, make yourself a person again, well, we can go to the other. So we can see in this case, for example, that the parts of the body, it did not fit. This is the way that I found it to show the trauma in this case, for example. We can see the suture and we can see that the parts of the body, they don't fit completely. They are... Um, we can see that they don't fit. But at the same time, we have a fetus, for example. I was thinking how this population was able to uh, set up a country, to make a new, uh, a country, even in this so terrible condition. We can go to the, and in this case, for example, we can see the roots that I was thinking how it was possible for this population, um, suffering, how they suffered, uh, made a new country because Brazil was made by black people. Brazil is a black country. So they uh, were able to plant the roots of a new culture, even in that so bad condition. Can go to the This is an um, art, um, artist book called The Natural History, where I discuss the racism, but a um, special kind of racism, they the, call it the scientific racism. You can see the book here. We can see the open, the opens for example, when I was discussing, for example, uh, the colony, the colonization of the South America, that for me was a um, kind of laboratory for the colonization of the African countries that the, um, the European countries made after Brazil. So we can see the pages of the book, Natural History, with this type question, the stag map, two pages of the book. And I hear more pages of this, this book. And then this, for example, I discussing about technology, we can, um, Yes, you can see that the same technology that allowed to know the word, to map in the world, was the same technology that created the horror of the slavery, for example. So when you open this, you can go to the next thing, we can see the, uh, here the drawing, the plant of the brooks, the sheep that transported the slavery people. So the same technology, that um, allowed it to map the word, to know the word, uh, gave us this kind of over here. So we can see that. And then here um, we have some pages of uh, the book that I, I just um, choose some phrases like the salvation of the souls and transformed them in autonomous works in simple works like this that's called the Salvação das Almas, that means the salvation of the souls, or this one, for example, Uh, where we can realize that uh, I gave her a heart because I am ever um, worried about the the history, about the fact that uh, we are talking about human beings, not about numbers. Mm -hmm. So we can see the other. And uh, here I am discussing this idea of a tropical paradise that was uh, that were linked to the Brazilian history. Brazil was ever seen as a kind of tropical paradise, but a tropical paradise for whom? So he here, um, um, here, uh, here I am mapping the country and some ideas about this tropical paradise and again, this kind of suture linking the different parts of the, the, um, the country, the ideas that at the country. And this, another uh, is Atlantico Vermelho that means head Atlantic. And I'm discussing just the uh, crossing of the sea, the crossing of the Atlantic and um, the um, sea of blood that is linked with this um, crossing of the the Atlantic Sea. Uh, This is just to show some images from uh, my exhibition, A Costura da Memoria, the Sewing of the memory uh, that was in Pinacoteca do Estado in 2018-19. It will resume 25 years of my career, so we can see um, the different medias that I use, for example, with sculptures or drawings, for example, use drawings and collages. I normally uh, use um, paper as media a lot. And again, um, sculptures are in the same exhibition. Oh, that's all. (laughs) (laughs) okay. Hear. Thank you. Thank,
1: Thank you me. so much, Rosana. That was a really, really good overview of your work. Um, we're going to just move on to the next artist, which is Luciane Ramos Silva. Uh, Luciane is an anthropologist, a dancer, an educator, and a cultural organizer based in Sao Paulo, who works in a mode that she calls diaspora that diaspora body. And she brings with African and contemporary Brazilian movement modes in conversation. She is part of a dance company based in Boston that gathers dancers from all around the world and mainly from the so-called South. She holds a PhD in performing arts and dance from the University of Campinas. Her dissertation research was around notions of coloniality in dance and South and South relations through the work of the choreographer Germain. Aconi. Luciane is also a co-editor of one of Brazil's only black culture publications, Omen, uh, Omenelik Segundo Ato, and is a cultural manager at Servo Africa, a research and educational center for material African culture. She is also guest editor at WSQ Feminist Press. So let's get started. OK. Hello, everyone.
3: Thank you for having me here. So first, I offer gratitude to my ancestors. Thanks for the organizers of the event, Yvette, Julia, and Olivia. Thanks for you, the audience. And I'm pleased to share this circle. I am imagining this circle with Rosana, Enore, and Raquel. Many people did so many good things before me. That's why I'm here talking with you. So, when I come to this room, to this circle, I bring all those people with me. So, I organize my talk and bring bring in sort of a transdisciplinary perspective. So, my experience as a dancer, as an educator, cultural mobilizer, but also trying to make some comments about the broad proposal, modes of resistance, uh, but sharing also with you three of my works. Um, actually, the last one is not, it's already, is still a work in progress, just to have a feeling because I'm talking about this live art, right, dance. So firstly, while reflecting what brought us together here and reflecting about the idea of modes of resistance, I'd like to through light on the meaning of diaspora. Diaspora means dispersion, but when related to the multiple Black experience, diaspora means overflow. So when we think about modes of resistance, maybe we can think about modes of overflowing, yes. Kalunga is another name for overflow. It's a word from Kikongo, a Bantu family of languages. It means overflow. So this is the tonus that I'm bringing to our conversation. The will to overflow can be a foundation for the black artists in times where black artists from communities, for example, hold intersecting marginalized positions. And when we know that it's not just the pandemic situation, but a social justice global crisis, it reminds me the necessity to overflow. Our experience in the diaspora is marked by multiplicity of aesthetics, poetics, and ways to compose, to dance, to choreograph the world, but it's also marked by coloniality and raciality, all strategies that work together. So why this reflection is important? Because the colonial and racial is all around and not in our structures of being, in our structures of thought. So the colonial spectrum is all around. Sorry. In times of COVID and facing the impact that it brought to our lives, I've been thinking about the politics of survival and the poetics. There is no differentiation. Both dance together. The poetics are the possible procedures, exercise, uh, analysis of my practice, for example, and how how I elaborate my practice and how I articulate my practice with my desires. And of course, the desire of my people. My dance and even the curatorial work that I've been involved in, involved in the developing tries to establish a new presence establish new moves new relationships in a spiral movement so renew requires imagination this first image that you are what you are seeing is a collage made by the visual artist daisy serena This is an exercise to observe the world in a different perspective. So it's based on my work, my piece called Na Fresta da Certeza, o Vermelho Escuro, and the crack of of certainty, we see the dark red. This is a sort of a translation. It's a dialogue and a friction with the imagination about the hegemonic art space and the presence, absence of black people. It's also, it plays with the notion of darkness, which in the black feminist perspective is a place of infinite possibilities. So how can we emancipate our imagination? I'm also concerned about the place of the body. Body, body as life, not as an instrument of something as the modern mentality used to define. In the next piece, Brita Espaços Vermelhos Invisíveis para Existir, which I translated as Invisible Spaces and Red Spaces to Exit. Brita means gravel. I deal with the reality of gentrification and the notion of disembodiment. Let's watch the video. Okay, thank you, Raquel. So because the gentrification, we lose our bodies, facing the growing growing bifurcation between humanism and urban life. So I ask what kind of foundation we find to re-exist, facing the dismantling and the noisy that pass through our flesh and our bones. What can we do opposed to inertia our body imagine themselves in a fight, reaching enchantment. So when we talk about modes of resistance, it's also how can we find enchantment? So the last work I'm going to show you is a work in progress. So it's an exercise of breath. For now, I just want to say inhale, exhale.
2: Please,
3: Raquel. Era longo, denso. Descia pela traqueia, atravessando as costelas e me movendo para a direita. Passava por entre os braços e voltava, acariciando meus pulmões, alvéolos, gerando pulso, pulso. O que se vê é apenas a metade da história, a outra metade repousa naquilo que não é dito. So the name of this work is, Ela dorme com os próprios olhos. She sleeps with her own eyes. So it's a, as I said, it's an exercise of feeling the air crossing the body literally, but also leaving the air and leave us to imagination. So the translation is, it was long, dense. It went down through, through the trachea, through the ribs, moved to the right and passed in between my arms, came back, taking care of my legs and my alveolus generating pulse. What is seen is only half of the story. The other half rests on what is not said. So finally, Coming back to our proposition of moves of resistance, we should recognize that beside resistance, we live, we transform, we enchant. In a broad perspective, is it an exercise of the centering the European expectation, in my perspective. Building South-South connections, that is what I'm trying to do. The centering the language we use, I'm also talking about the language we speak, but also the language I dance, I draw. The centering systems of knowledge and raising our vibration, which means uh, generating a kind of earthquake that changed the structures of the world as we know grounding together.
1: Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much, Luciane. Oops, sorry, here we go. And uh, just to introduce the last of our artists, um, Enore, she's an interdisciplinary artist from Rio de Janeiro. She currently is based in London where she just completed her their MFA in Fine Arts at Goldsmiths. In their work, they think about what it means when subjectivity is replicated, dispersed, and diluted through digital media. They're also particularly interested in the role of digital technologies in shaping visibilities and how this relates to the reinforcement of power structures, especially when it comes to identities that have been historically marginalized, including their representations. They work with computer
4: programming, 3D modeling, painting, drawing, and printmaking. Hi, Enore. Hi, hello. Um, So I'm Enore. My pronouns are they, them. And I have just recently finished my master's in fine arts at Goldsmiths College in London. I've been living in London for about two years now. And I am originally from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. And um, like what Raquel said, I mostly work um, in between um, digital media and more physical media kind of like transiting between um, um, different types of uh, ways of representing things that are digital and how these um, digital um, media can um, sort of mediate our own perspectives of, of subjectivity. So this first work is um, it's called Enactment for Self-Offering, and I made it last year. And it was, uh, again, about this idea of uh, subjectivity that is replicated and kind of um, enmeshed with its own surrounding. It was composed of a camera that captured the environment and it would overlay the environment with the image that I have here, it's a photo of myself as a child. So I have different, t- different ways of that this image is being reproduced in, in the work. So it appears as a print, as a photographic um, etching and also as a, kind of like a, a, f- a fresco, an, an engraving on gesso and also a digital image. And that's where the camera enters. That's where the images that the camera captures are overlaid with the digital image, creating um, different images, different um, overlayings of these, um, of this digital image. It changed about every minute or so. So it was, um, it was about this um, different, this way of uh, how the environment uh, acts and, and creates this um, subject. And you can go to the next one. Uh, this is a video, but this is uh, just a screenshot from the video and again, it was uh, about this idea of the, the subject so I scanned myself it was a a self portrait 3 d scanned self portrait and i I worked around these 3 um, d object this digital object in many different ways and one of the ways that I worked with it was doing this video and um, i I don't have a, a clip of the video. It, you can watch it at this link, but it was again this idea of like going into the subject. It it almost like like the title says, diving sounds. So it is, uh, it it's uh it's kind of like going into this digital object that is like a digital representation of myself, and um, how 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 does this translation between the physical, as in the physical me, and the, the, representat- the digital representation of me inside a, a computer happens, and how can I go into this subject, even if it's just um, digitally? And you can go to the next one. This is uh, something that I've made recently, again. Um, so, like I said, I like using different media, so I do a lot of digital work, but I also do a lot of non digital work and this was again um an attempt at kind of like transiting between both so using a 3d scan like again the 3d scan generates different types of um different types of data and one type of data that it generates is kind of like a texture mapping of the whole surface of the object it scans so again i used this texture data to again, bring it out into the physical world with a digital knit. So I use this image again to create kind of like a a physical object of what would be just a, a digital file, a PNG file that is associated with the digital 3D scanned object. So you can go into the next one. And again, this is also related to the 3D objects that I've been making. So this is a 3D ceramic print so I've been doing a lot of ceramic work recently, and it's mostly related to um, this three D scan of myself that I did. So um, it was kind of like modeling, like three D. I would model the, I would model the scans on on the computer, like on a three D modeling software, and then these models would again be brought into the physical world through ceramic printing, which is um, just like regular 3D printing, but using clay. So it was kind of like, again, doing these, this transit between from, from the physical, from the physical me in case, um, doing this 3D scan of myself and then bringing it into the digital and then altering it and then bringing it out again into the physical. So my work is, there's always this kind of flow And with what I do, like this kind of like, um, recursion going on between physical and then onto the digital again, and then just um, basically just circulating and flowing between these two um, different realms, I guess. So again, this was a ceramic print of the molded 3D object that I created on, on the computer. So you can go to the next one. This is the same, this is another recent ceramic that I've done using the same process. And there's another one that I, again, did using the same process. So um, I guess that's the last one, the last image, yeah. So yeah, that's basically what I've been doing right now, doing this work that is kind of like trying to um, uh, not assimilate or put things together, but just like create this flow between um, both digital and, and physical yeah, that's that's fantastic.
1: I have noticed something in the work of all you three, which is this idea of transversality. And actually uh you Lucian touched on it, and also Rosanna, you mentioned how can I make an idea understandable, and that's why you sort of navigate through mediums. And uh Aure, you your work is very very much draws from science and, and maths. So I'd be interested in knowing from so more about how do you interpret this confluence of mediums but also disciplines and realms in your work and whether this sort of nurtures each other and maybe creates like stronger mode of resistance of the art practice itself.
2: Mm May I? Okay. I think that's natural because in the history of art, I think that we never had some, so different materials, uh, so much materials as now we have. So I have one of the challenges uh, for the artists now is to know which material we answered better uh, for the things that um, uh, she or he are discussing, because sometimes I need a, uh, need a drawing, I need something that is very um, that is smaller, that can call my attention, that I have closely. and other times I need something really you no, know, really big, and enormous, large, has a um, installation. So uh, how I am interested? to discuss things and people have to understand what I'm trying to say. Uh, one of my challenges is no, okay, this idea will work really better if I use a ceramic, for example, or if I use a textile or if I use a drawing or a video. Uh, so it is, for me, it's very natural. It's just to look at the work and say, okay, let me see what this work is uh, trying to say to me and how it, uh, wants to be um, made. It's much more about listen the work, hmm. than put my my ideas in any different material that maybe can't answer well what I am discussing.
3: Should Thanks. I? Yeah, good question, Raquel, because and um, I think in my perspective as I don't work with materials, I work with people and with the flow of energy I think uh, I work with the sense so when I, I use all those words all those perspectives as is, is a way I was I used in a way to touch the different senses of people and communicate in a way that I can it's like open some space inside the bodies of the people. So now I'm I'm talking about the sense and pretty much about the notion of aesthetic. What is static? It's not the visuality, it's the sense what do we feel, what do we breathe, what do we you know. But then I'm thinking about the notion of transdisciplinarity. Why? Because I cannot explain the word. I cannot. It's, it's, it's been very hard to me to explain the word, to deal with the challenges of the world only through anthropology or, or only through dance, only through uh, critical science. So it's a way to bring things together, to offer, share some ways to deal, to
4: explain the word. Yeah. Um, I guess for me it's kind of um, it's kind of like what Hosanna said. I I have to listen to what the work um, needs, I guess. Because it's something that I've actually kind of struggled for a while, like choosing what materials to use for my work. And I guess there's also a lot of um, I mean, especially among people who do things with more like materials like painting or sculpture, um, there's some kind of like sometimes some untold hierarchy with materials and i think that's kind of also dictated by the market but anyway just ignoring that there's um sometimes some kind of like um uh it's kind of like just feeling like certain materials are not as um valid or not as um they, they, they kind of like rank low in the hierarchy. And sometimes it's because they're associated with, I don't know, crafts or whatever, mm-hmm. which they shouldn't be considered, you know, like not being worthy of being considered maybe fine arts. But anyway, uh, what I mean by that is that sometimes it was kind of um, hard for me to choose what materials or what, how to physically represent my work And also because I I do work with digital work. So it's kind of like sometimes I do not need to have physical work. But then at the same time, it makes me feel, okay, so if my work is not physical, does it have the same value as a work that is physical or something that people can touch, something that people can see in a gallery? Mm-hmm. So for me, I've kind of also kind of struggled a little bit with um, choosing what materials um, to represent my ideas in. It's something that I've been I've become a lot more um, I would say not better, but I've, I've become better at listening to what my ideas need. So for example, I've been working a lot recently, like I've, sh- I've shown some ceramics, and and textiles. But uh, for me, it's kind of like sometimes I just have. Um, I just have sometimes it's just really like a random idea. Oh, I want to use this material or I want to use that material or sometimes it's kind of like association as what happened with the The textiles I made it association with how the digital file, the digital texture works as a, a texture that covers an object. So it kind of made the association in my head that Oh, it covers just like something that's like a blanket or something that's fabric. So it kind of like came to me to work with textiles in that way. So um, how I working with um, materials right now is just always trying to to do what the work kind of tells me to do, or how I see it existing. Like if if something exists in this way in the digital, how could it exist in a similar way in in the physical? What kind of associations can I make? Even if they're just like intellectual associations or more just like, you know, more direct associations of how the work functions digitally or how the work functions physically. Hmm. So in a sense right now, I'm just basically um, trying to listen more to what the ideas kind of require of me and also, Um, Just not being kind of afraid to experiment with different types of material because I think that's that's very important because there's just so many things available to us, like to, to modify, to, you know, to mold, to just make things out of so much material that exists in the world. So it's kind of like just trying to use as much as I can. And if something doesn't doesn't work out, then it just doesn't work out and I go on to the next thing.
1: Yeah, that's great. And actually, you've touched on something that is really interesting, which is the the materials and whether they are considered high art or not, yep. art and stuff like that. And, and not just to the materials, but also the art practice itself. And Luciane and I talked about that in a previous conversation and how dance sometimes is not considered art per se, but something that belongs to the communities. And in that sense, I wanted to ask whether you think that where the, the, the space where the artwork is exhibited or performed can empower or disempower the discourse behind the work?
4: Sorry, is that for me directly?
1: For all of you, you, you okay. can start if you, if you would. Yeah,
4: um, that's kind of something that I also think about in relation to showing work physically and the context in which the work is shown. And for example, I think there is this very, very much expectation of showing work in, in galleries, for example. And I don't think that's necessary. And I think it all depends on context. So I think it can both empower or disempower. It really depends on the context that the work is shown. So for example, sometimes if you have work that is shown, I don't know, in a museum, but then you have to consider the whole context of museums and institutions and how the institution was you know, conceived and how it, how it, um, how it uh, acquired other objects or anyway but like sometimes you have certain work that's supposed to be more untransgressive in a way but then you have it kind of like framed into certain institutions that are not transgressive so for me it's kind of like ambiguous whether the work would be empowered or disempowered by being in the context that is kind of like occult, the complete the complete opposite of what it stands for so in a way it's kind of like trying to understand the context behind where the work is being exhibited, how, what's the message behind the work, if there's any, if it's, um, I don't know, if there's co- coherence between the space, the context and the work. Lucian, you are on mute. I'm
3: sorry. Yes, I think I don't, I'm not sure if the the question is to empower or disempower, you know, I think, I mean, the work itself, it has its power, but of course, it depends on the place the work is. And in my case, talking about the artistic context. For dance, and for black dancers, black arts in general, no black arts in general. Okay, let's talk about dance. So, to art, black artists involved in dance, for sure, it's there's no um, there's no space in some legitima- legitimized uh, uh, places. Okay, so. Uh, outside Brazil it's pretty it's kind of normal. We have dance and performance in museums, for example. in Brazil it's not that common, right? And we still have a kind of a hierarchy of arts in the space of arts, for example, in museums, how much they pay for the visual arts and how much they pay for the dancer. Of course, this is a cross. Perspective that implies a reflection about capitalism too. Of course, we know that. So we don't have time to to touch exactly in this point, but yeah, it's not it's not a sense of empowerment, but it's a sense of recognition, it's a sense of representation. But it's representation is very is a very complicated, uh, I mean, um, idea too. But yeah.
2: Well, um, I think that we are um, talking here about two different things. One is about what the market um, wants. Uh, We are talking about, for example, prestige, about the media, and it's not exactly what the artist wants. So, of course, if you show uh, your work in a museum, for example, that is well-considered, uh, it can have, for um, the media or for the marketing, a kind of different view that we are talking here about hierarchies, but for the artist, uh, for me, for example, uh, it can, a place can empower an artwork if you are looking for that. I, uh, I will explain it better, for example, I worked in a senzala once. A Senzala is a place where uh, the slavery people uh, lived, they were put to live in this place, and in Portuguese language it is say Senzala. I was working in that place because I was trying to cure some, um, to cure some um, psychic, um, uh illness that we have related to slavery, for example. So to make and work in a place as a zanzala, for me, it was very special. It was, for example, to call that uh, it was um, an artwork related uh, with the nurses, uh, the the nannies. It was to call that women to tell their histories. So I think that we are talking different ways here. For a narcissist, but an artist, for example, for me, a place can empower uh, the work to make that work. And it, it was made only in that place, only once. I've never made that work again. That was not possible to make that work in a museum, for example. It have to be made in that special place. That was to call that woman. Okay, come here. Tell you, uh, Tell to us your histories. So it's, for me, it's different things. One thing is to think about a museum, for example, and uh, to think up, about empowerment, but that, what kind of empowerment in this case? From media, from you know, uh, from collectors, uh, uh, there are different things for me.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, we have a question from the audience, um, and only six minutes left. Um, It says, do you consider research to be part of your creative uh, practice? When does research end and where does the practice begin?
2: Any of you? Ah, Okay, are you? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll start. Uh, Of course, research all the timing. Uh, uh, They work together. That's not separated, it's just together. But, um, I can, for example, be um, searching for an image, a special image, or researching about slavery. And when I see uh, an image, sometimes, okay, wow, it's great. Uh, but um, in which way are you using this image? So are you started at the same time that I am thinking about the image and I am looking for more material, for example, about that. I am starting to uh, use that in pitch making, for example, or in drawings or in collages or in textiles. So um, the work, uh, the researching for me in fine arts work together with um, the way that I am developing my work. So for example, if I try to print that in a textile and the the print um, did not work well, for example, I have to come back to the paper and it will change the direction. Maybe it can change the direction of my research. I can go for another, you know, another path. Okay, that did not work here. So I put the textile here uh, and um, in the right time, I use that textile. So things uh, work together in fine arts for me.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, so I just, I, I just
3: want to come back to the other point. Thank you so much, Rosana, for your comment about the empowering and about how we exchange. I think we also have this word exchanging with the space. Just to add something. Um and yeah the practice and the research were were together in my in my in my dance too so while I'm writing while I'm reading about some I mean some source that I'm going to choreograph while I'm studying the movement so it's like it's like dig deep in the space that I'm working so Research and practice is all the same, it's all together,
4: yeah. Yeah, for me, it's exactly the same as well. I don't see any separation between research or practice. It's the same to me.
1: Fantastic.
4: Um,
1: Second question from the audience is regarding Luciane's mention in the presence and absence of Black people and bodies. Although the extremely reactionist situation in Brazil, do you maybe feel that the global eruption through the Black Lives Matter movement might help to claim space, visibility, power, in an excluding Brazilian art world and beyond? Mm, mm.
3: That's a good question. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think Black Lives Matter just like came to, to the perspective of the wide world, but we already have other movements even in Brazil, even other space in diaspora are claiming for justice for Black bodies, for Black people. But as Black Lives Matter emerged in, a, in an imperial state, space, I should say, so they have more visibility, it's a, it's a very important movement, a, part, a, and a movement um, raised by Black women in the United States. That's so important. But they have like a kind sort of a visibility that even in Brazil, so white people in Brazil start to think that, oh, we need to fight for them. But what, I mean, mm-hmm. we already have this situation in Brazil. We, are, we are, already have a strong black movement calling attention to those inequalities. So, yes, I think it helps us. Because the global black, I I believe in a in a sense of a global blackness, even though we have uh, um, specific experience in each place. So in terms of global blackness, I think Black Matters definitely help us to bring our bodies engaged in this reality, which
1: is for everybody. Any more thoughts on that, Enore or Rosanna?
4: Um, Yeah, I mean, I do agree that the movement will, well, most definitely bring some visibility, and um, I hope more acceptance uh, of black bodies in the art world. But I am also very worried about the performative activism that also happens a lot. So I think it's more about trying to hold institutions accountable for, um, anyway, for supporting Black people, for supporting Black artists and making sure that it is just not a performance of activism, Mm -hmm. that they actually care and try to uplift us and not just so they can look good on social media or whatever, you know. So yeah, that's that's, um, one of my worries about it. Great. Any thoughts,
2: Rosanna? Well, um, uh, I think that um, the movement, of course, uh, called the attention, but uh, I think that uh, not exactly for the artist's uh, environment. Uh, I think that's a, a little different. It calls attention for the genocide that is uh, happening in Brazil right now against the black young and um, particularly about the black males. It is very important to pay it, um, attention on this genocide that's occurring in Brazil and um, the, the violence against this population. But I think that is much more linked with this social uh, reality than the arts environment. I think that uh, things are um, a little different for me. Um, they struggle against the system. I mean, when we are talking about the arts, it became much uh, before in Brazil, and we are using different tools to deal with this. Of course, um, like mother Lies um, um, called the attention, but not exactly for the arts environment.
1: Um. It's funny because I was talking to, to an artist friend of mine as well, and he's been doing work to visibilize the situation of Black artists, of Black people, and in regards to the Black Lives Matter, he commented that his work had engaged with these conversations ever since he started practising, but everyone seemed to be wanting to link his work to the movement. And it was a little upsetting to an extent, um, yes,
2: but sorry, uh, sorry,
0: No, go on, go on, please do. Yes, but
2: uh, I think that uh, in Brazil, for example, we have artists that are dealing with this much before the movement, and sometimes I am a little worried about the possibility that some artists are just le- um, dealing with this because of the movement. This is not a fight that just started now in Brazil. The movements, the social movements in Brazil um, are dealing with this for a long time, calling attention for this violence, this genocide. It's for a long time that did not started now. Of course, when we have a movement like this that um, called attention all around the world Brazil is not isolated from the world and we are taught by this, of course, but um, the thing that I'm trying to say is that uh, the fight in Brazil did not uh, start because of this movement. It was affected, but I think that how it was started before, uh, it was not so much affected because it is a thing that we are dealing for a long time. And I, and I really worried about, for example, when we see at the internet people dealing with this and people that you, you know that never um, deal with the problem before. Mm-hmm. So I think that we can uh, we have the risk here to have a trend. It's something that uh, worries me about because it can became a trend. So I think that uh, I, I would rather to see it much more linked with the social movements than uh, with the arts field. But if we have a phenomenon here that we are, when we are starting to talk, for example, about the mo- the monuments, that's another thing that occurred inside the movement and uh, that's directed to link, uh, directed linked, uh, to uh, fine arts field and uh, with col- decolonization ideas. But it's something inside the movement you know. Uh, about the monuments, it's not uh, about the whole movement.
3: Yeah. Yes, I completely agree about the, the Black Lives Matter as a political movement and uh, how it reflects all around in the political grounds and in the social mo- movement all around the world but as I'm doing, so my art is pretty much related to the politics of the bodies. So, uh, so now I'm I'm not talking about the Black Lives Matter, but how this political air came to my work, but not only now, since the beginning. So, I think, in my perspective, in, in the situation that I've been living, in the discussion with artists around me, uh, in the in the forums that I'm involved, um, this shaped situation all around brought us another um, perspectives of our our way to build art our way to exige presence in some institutions, our way, this is not new, as Hosana said, but our way to deal and to discuss with curatorial perspectives, um, and also our way to engage inside our, ourselves in terms of, for example, dancers, and in the, the dance world. So in my perspective, the politics and the social movement as I deal with this politics of the body, it affects my work. It affects not only my work, but the work that the, the, of people um, who I'm, I'm dealing and working and discussing, right?
1: Thank you so much. Um, we need to wrap up now. We've gone over the hour. Um, I think uh, Julia and Yvette are gonna join back in.
5: Hi. <laughs> Hello. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks so much. Thank,
5: Thank you so much to, to all of you for sharing um your practice and your thoughts. And I think there's so many things that many of the people out in the audience can really connect to. And mm-hmm. uh, I hope that yeah, also those that were too shy to send in comments or whatsoever, maybe there will be other opportunities to, to continue these conversations. So, um, thank you so much. Um, as we said in the beginning, this was recorded. So for those of you who joined later, who have friends who missed the talk, so recommend it to other people that they can actually um, watch it on the YouTube channel or here on the podcast of 154. So it will be there for quite a while. So thank you again to all of you. Um this is uh, the second talk today so we will be back in an hour uh with the next talk um entitled global connections which will be moderated by Julia and myself. So maybe um we see some of you back there. Okay. Take care. Thanks, ladies Bye.
2: Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.
3: Obrigada. Obrigada.